Cool. Cool. Clapping. Ow! Welcome to Bundle Buddies. This is a podcast where we play through the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. My name is Alex Hannes. My name is Eric Taylor Roth. The itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality was launched in June 2020 during the massive national outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder by police. It has 1,741 items from 840 plus creators and it raised over $8 million. All proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Educational Fund and Community Bail Fund. Split 50-50. This is episode six, and as of now, we have played 14 of the 1,741 games in the bundle. (laughs) That is a new feature. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's like the the hamburger side outside of McDonald's. (laughs) Exactly. At a certain (laughs) point, we'll just say, uh, millions played. Um, thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, yeah. Eric, hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, well I'm, my back still hurts. I know. So I'm sorry, dude. That sucks. Uh, boohoo. Woe is me. What are you playing right now, Alex? What video games are you playing? Still playing friggin' Hades, man. That game is still so good. Um, when I'm editing this podcast, I'll pop it on while I listen through and make like small edits. And then uh, it's the perfect way to just kill like a half hour to an hour just like scrabbing away at that thing i love it that sounds great i love it i've been playing um we've been playing arc survival or something a r k colon i don't know doing survival and we're like running around and fighting dinosaurs and taming dinosaurs and oh, that's uh, cool. my friends have like so so exponentially you know ascended beyond me and uh and every once in a while i show up and i'm like can i have an axe <laughs> and they're all wearing like knight's armor and stuff and i don't know riding giant crocodiles and training uh vultures but it's fun it's cool that sounds pretty cool yeah it's silly. uh you know good little um, open sandbox to run around in I mean, those are the fun. Uh, I hate closed sandboxes. <laughs> yeah, dude. All sa- may all sandboxes be open. May your sandboxes be open, and may your um, when persons be, be first. Be at your back. <laughs> um, this I I know that you haven't heard it yet, Eric, but I just listened to it. This is a really fun episode. Um, okay, our, I can't our, wait. Our guest today. Uh, listening back to it is he equals you in terms of your uh divisive salty opinions which is just the best (laughs) he goes harder he goes harder than you oh yeah yeah and he's also he's also uh he has more positive things to say than me so he's like the perfect he's the he's got the extremes on both ends who who is he who is this magical guest 
Our buddy who is both salty and sweet is Brian Rodriguez McGovern. He's a writer and comedian based in LA, and uh, he's written for uh, the Jackbox Game Company. So he's our first official industry insider here on <laughs> Bundle Buddies. Industry insider. What, what, watch out. What, what. Okay, um, this week we have donated to Sela Neighborhood Homeless uh, Coalition at Brian's request. And uh, you're welcome also to donate. And then if you send us an email at bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com, we will shout you out on the following show. Sela uh, Neighborhood Homeless Coalition is a coalition of neighborhood organizers who uh, recognize unhoused individuals as fellow members of our community, worthy of the same dignity, respect, and representation afforded to any housed person. Where other homelessness organizations are focused on the big picture goal of reducing homelessness on the city, county, and state level, their work occurs on the neighborhood, encampment, and individual level. This allows them to provide detailed, sustained, and relationship-driven support to the unhoused neighbors uh, while providing vital firsthand on-the-ground information to representatives of the city, county, and larger nonprofit organizations. Oh, baby. Uh, there's, there's more on their website, www.celanhc.org. That is S-E-L-A-H-N-H-C dot org. Uh, donate. Send them, send them some love. That's right. They are tackling the very... Uh acute issue of homelessness in Los Angeles and mm -hmm. uh, parts of East LA and they do a really excellent job. Um, so please uh, consider donating and then let us know and uh, man, we will shout you out so good. Oh yeah. Is it time? Um, I think it's time. Yeah. Let's uh, get into it with our buddy, uh, Bry Mago. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, welcome to Bundle Buddies, the only podcast where we play through the entire itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. My name is Alex Honnett. And I am Eric Taylor Roth. <laughs> and we are joined this week by both of our friends, Brian Rodriguez McGovern. Hi, Brian. Uh, hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, first time, long time. <laughs> Really? We haven't released as of this this moment. Mm -hmm. We have not released a single one of these yet. This is fuck. You found out my long, my trick about people's podcasts. <laughs> I just say, I just say, oh, I love listening to your podcast. I, I was hoping, I was hoping the trick would be like I hack into your Google Drive and listen to the sort of the unedited <laughs> audacity clips and try to balance the levels for you. Yeah, I get in your .aup files and start messing with the pan. <laughs> I'm just like making uh, Alex live on the left channel and just <laughs> Hey baby, that's where I live anyways. Find me on the left channel. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little I'm a little left of channel. Um... <laughs> um well Brian, thanks so much for being here. Um yeah, We like to give Well, yeah, how's your week going? Good. It's the end of the week, Sunday. Yes. Uh, and I was in La Quinta, California. So I guess mo more or less the Palm Desert. And uh, that was that was fun. A couple a uh, couple days of sitting in a pool in 118 Ooh. degree are weather. Your fingers, are your fingers pruny? 
my it was a saltwater pool which i didn't know existed uh technology these days but they got pruny super fast so i felt like i was going in and out of the, the pool a lot because uh, i it feels bad like eventually like your fingernails will fall off if you get too pruny really i don't know it feels like bad it doesn't feel <laughs> it's not a good feeling to try and avoid it as it is super were you like floating a lot was it super floating yeah yeah that's my question how salty are we talking you 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 buoyant uh let's just say uh i'm well seasoned <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my boy is brined baby yeah it's it's pretty buoyant i mean i'm like not a strong swimmer i think probably both of you have have heard me or seen that uh happen but i'm not I've a strong swimmer yeah so i'm not a strong sw swimmer but even for me i was able to kind of like relax and float on my back for like upwards of 30 seconds which for me is pretty good <laughs> yeah um Hanit, brian and i this week played rocket league for the first mm -hmm. time oh that's so fun had an absolute blast and it was, it was really fun it's right. so funny you guys are like the two xbox kids that i know like, <laughs> it's yeah. like you guys and that's it yeah i've i've really cut ties with a lot of uh people who were used to be my friend this quarantine because i only <laughs> hang out with xbox kids now <laughs> Yeah, I just think like Switch is for like babies or forty year olds, and yeah. I feel like we're yeah. kind of in the we're kind of in the middle. I think we're the Xbox, we're of the Xbox age. To be I honest, mean, you guys right. are true gamers, so it's it's for <laughs> yeah, me it's, it's just humbling. Power. Yeah, it's, it's just humbling to be in your presence, you know. Brian, yeah. since we played that one time on Thursday, I have not stopped playing that game. I've probably really? clocked like. 10 hours <laughs> it's really amazing it really takes what we love about fast and the furious which is what if cars did what people did <laughs> and just take it to another level because that's like what if cars robbed a bank you know and i feel like this is like what if cars played soccer yeah. so and and eric i did not respond to a text because i was in a pool and i saw it like hours later <laughs> that's okay that's really yeah. okay yeah, but he it just said Rocket League. <laughs> that, so yeah, that's been next, fun. Yeah, uh, we'll play again. It'll be. You feel, be what's mm -hmm. up? No, go ahead. You'll be amazed at how absolutely godlike I am at Rocket League now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. Was do you have you found like you've moved beyond just kind of random? vain attempts of control you know what i mean like are you improving your game gameplay i felt really good and then like on the video game this week i could watch the esports of it and i was like oh, oh I, my god don't I'm ever do that <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh i could kind of like orient my car to like you know be where the ball is every once in a while and i score some goals and then like the professionals are just like flying through the yeah. air. like most they, of the they game. They literally like... just like scream through the sky to like <laughs> smack incredible. it at the angle. It's I think so... that's that's something to me, and I'm and I don't watch esports. I, I, I um, but I've seen it played at times. Yeah, and it's like when you watch real sports, um, or or active in the physical world sports. There is like you can see the line that connects like LeBron James to a kid playing like on a kid basketball hoop. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of see that line that attaches them. 
and maybe like more apt would be like a soccer like a fifa game versus like uh like some kindergartners playing like organized soccer and it's like it's like that but in professional basketball it'd be like if in professional basketball they were always glowing and like shaking (laughs) (laughs) and like just points were accumulating in a way you didn't understand i feel like that's what watching sports feels well i the thing is it's untethered from that yeah now i go out to my parking lot and i look at my car and i'm like you could be a professional soccer player someday car (laughs) 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 so that's uh i've been trying to now i've become like one of those like coach dads but just to my wife's um fit. Fit. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and i, I could see that because it is like you miss your opportunity to be a car playing <laughs> so now you are living vicariously through your wife's car <laughs> exactly so Pressuring for her birthday next come. year are you gonna get camille a giant viking hat for her car is that the, <laughs> is that the plan yeah and a little donut to put on yeah. the antenna yeah yeah and you're uh, like, honey, it's a rare topper. <laughs> <laughs> and she has to take me back. <laughs> yeah, this is months after she's kicked you out. Uh, yeah, out of the or, house. Or driving <laughs> my car or driving her car into a giant soccer ball, <laughs> wrecking her windshield. Oh, and then, oh, that, you know, that does make me think, um, and I do believe that will happen. Uh, <laughs> Is, do we have any more information on if they're full-size cars and it's a giant soccer ball, or do we think they are remote-controlled cars in a real world? I, you know, I I refuse to I refuse to look it up so <laughs> that I can live in my in my imagination that these are full-size cars and a <laughs> giant soccer ball. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any reason not to think that. Like it's like a room size. It's like this living room size of a soccer ball, and these cars are like twenty times the size of regular cars. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> They're even bigger cars. Oh, so this, it's this macro scale. I haven't even been thinking about. Okay. Yeah, it takes place in the future when humans are giants, <laughs> and they still drive cars. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is allowed to leave those arenas because the air is poison. <laughs> and, you know, I do think that's worth a treatment. I think you could, I, I think there, there would be kind of like a mythology uh, you could you could bring to the table to create the Rocket League movie we're all asking for. It. You know what's I funny? Mean, you, no... I, you know what I think is funny with you two is, speaking of uh, it's worth a treatment, I think you guys should seek treatment at this point, honestly. Oh, God, on it. Mental health isn't a joke. <laughs> Well, that's that's very true and also very fair. Um, <laughs> wow, you really backed out. On that. <laughs> uh, now let's move on to more important discussion, Brian. Uh, what uh, what sort of games did you play growing up? What, yeah, uh, video games? Question mark. Yeah, video, video games. games. Well, hold on, let me check if we're there in my Google Doc. So we did well. Oh, okay. Guest introduction. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, what were your early games? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the first one. Okay. The first thing to talk about, about 20 okay. minutes into the show, we're going to actually finally get to the first thing. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I was a big, I was like a Nintendo kid, and that felt like it was, I think that was like one of the first times I exhibited what became a trait, which was detrimental loyalty. 
<laughs> um, I I think for whatever reason, like that was like that felt like a line in the sand of like I'm a Nintendo kid, so um, my first would have been Super NES, I guess. Although like my cousin and aunt and people had NES, so I played that. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is as a thing that I, uh, maybe some of your listeners will relate to is as a younger brother, my earliest memories of games are watching games being played. Okay. Um, and you kind of, and me getting like an appreciation for that through watching my brother and my cousins who were older than me play video games. Was so I was thinking of like... How much, yeah, how much time was that? Was that like a ton of time spent? Yeah, I mean, like, if you think about it, it's just, like, that was my social life as, like, a kid under 10. Like, um, <laughs> it was, like, a big chunk of it. You know, it was, like, yeah. like we would play, there was um, a Bubble Bobble. Okay. Remember that game? Yeah, that was a big one. How did, they what would was play. Bubble Bobble like? It's like kind of like Ted, and again, I've never played it. I've only watched it. Um, <laughs> but the music goes like da 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 And you're like, there's two like bad iguana dinosaurs, and it's like some sort of like it's like a puzzler where you're blowing bubbles and like trying to match up and like get you know get rid of blocks and stuff. Oh, kind of like snood. Yeah, I think it's like it's yeah, lot, I think that's a, a lot like Snood, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, So that was a big one. Um the the uh well certainly any of the Mario's that was kind of like and so me now as like a gamer I, I kind of enjoy like single player sort of stuff, I think because of that. So yeah. I love like, you know, any of the Mario games were super formative. Um I loved uh 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 do you remember that game Claymates? like a really stupid snes game that was hard clay fighter clay fighter well yeah. clay fighter was a cool one and then like that was fun clay fighter was a big one <laughs> and claymates was like claymates? a platformer it was like a platformer i think made by the same studio oh okay that's fun yeah you're like a clay person running around and collecting like what yeah you're like a clay around. box or whatever <laughs> um but i would say like the first like obsession games would be like Mario Kart would be more like the 64 era because that's like because I would watch like a lot of Sega get played at my cousin's house a lot of PlayStation like the early Resident Evils we'd watch like scary movies oh that's Um, fun and that was fun and they were horrifying to me and then uh like it yeah it would be more like those first generation 64 games which were like GoldenEye Mario Kart Mm -hmm. and then what was the like like early fifa it was like fifa 96 or something oh yeah did you have madden 64 madden was good but we didn't have it yeah Uh, but like tony hawk you know oh yeah yeah i am i i remember playing that first resident evil game and it's like so scary it's terrifying like absolutely terrifying and it's a game where like you have very few resources so it's like you've got six bullets like good luck getting through this game uh and so like doing a lot of saves of just sort of being like i don't know i've got like two bullets left let's save (laughs) maybe i'll have to come back here Um, it's a game that my mom found and threw out because it was oh wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she like found it was like 
no, no, no. <laughs> no, and, no, no. And in in a way that I think my family, in the, the way that my family kind of dealt with pretty much every problem, which was not to have a conversation about it with me. <laughs> just like one day I just discovered I no longer had this game that I was playing. <laughs> and you simply must accept your new reality. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, but I'll say also um, with games, kind of forgetting about that Game Boy was like a major part of my life. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. There's, a, there's some specifics of, of certainly later on Harvest Moon and Pokemon were like big escape games. Mm-hmm. But we, we had Tecmo Bowl, which was like a port from NES, I think, from like the late 80s. So it was mm. like Walter Payton was still playing. Like the teams were – it was before they were players, uh, like player, like the players union contract. So they were like fake. There was like fake Bo Jackson and fake Walter Payton, but you like knew it was them. They were like dominant. Yeah. And then there, there was like an NBA All Star game where you could like do three point contests and like slam dunks. And again, I think it was a port from like the early '80s because it was like Akeem Olajuwon and like all these people that had long retired at that point. I think. <laughs> So, I love yeah. I love Game Boy, um, Kirby, all of it. I, I'm a Nintendo guy. Uh, we got a classic Nintendo dork on the line here. Yeah, here I'm a Nintendo go. guy. Yeah, which I mean, is what what makes your like... recent uh, switch to Xbox so fucking heartbreaking and sad. <laughs> you know the real reason I have an Xbox. I do know the real reason you have an Xbox. What's the real uh, my reason? My brother got it for free because he bought a nice TV. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like i'm not gonna use this and i said i will take it <laughs> but i well, love yeah, for, forever I, a little brother yeah exactly like, to bring it all all full circle i have a question about um golden eye for mm-hmm. you did you guys did you guys make it so that you weren't allowed to play as a job yeah the no odd job rule the yeah. no odd job rule okay how about yeah. jaws were you allowed to play as Jaws? Yeah, because we saw that as a disadvantage. Yeah, no one ever wanted to play as Jaws. I feel like it was one of those things where like everyone just sort of understood that kind of immediately. Yeah, right? he was it, tall. It maybe happened one time. He was too big. <laughs> yeah, because there would be there would be some like odd job like tomfoolery like. You know, like everybody's waiting to make a selection, and somebody like sneaks in an odd job or something. Oh like yeah, and you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. But we had our. Did you guys have like a set way you played? Because we had like a set. Like we played proximity mines, in the facility. That was like. That was it. That was the one. That was pretty much it. And then it just turned into like everyone holding up in a different corner, <laughs> covered by proximity mines, and then everybody just kind of waited until somebody <laughs> got antsy. And there was something that was chanted like. Uh, you know, like, you know, there's all these catchphrases and stuff that I feel like would come out of like, you know, like, like, I know one thing was like, I want you to die, Mr. Bond and like a German. It's like, no, I want you to die. I mean, like, kick open a door and like, shoot off or like shooting. Yeah. Yeah. We had some clever way that wasn't kamikaze to say that we would like kill ourselves to like nuke. <laughs> At nuke the whole gameplay and, and I forget what that was called. Yeah. I'll have I, to ask my brother and cousins about that. We uh we got really into the grenade launchers. I feel like that was the one that was kind of where we ended up. And it was all about trying to bank like in the facility, running to open the door 
and then trying to bank the grenade into the other person's room. <laughs> like it was like it was really just like it was basically like going back to bubble burst, but with James Bond. Like it was just like, can I bank <laughs> this grenade off a wall yeah. into this hole and run away before you <laughs> bank your grenade into the hole? Like that's I feel like that we decided that that was the most fun way to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> we would uh we'd play a lot of pistols on like uh, an base, basement quite a bit mm. because that was, you know, close quarters. You can hear them breathe. <laughs> there's like a few, there's not like a ton of places to go in there, but there's a few rooms that are like really spooky and you can kind of run around very quick in. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of shadows, a lot of, a lot a lot of shadows. Of we got really into perfect dark. Um, oh, that was fun. Yeah. But we, I was, yeah, that was great. We would, we got really into playing it in slow motion. You could put it in slow motion. And I think with like, with something like slap, no, it was only pistols in slow motion. And so I think after we watched, um, gross point blank there's the the scene where he's got like pistols with scopes on them and so we played like pistols with scopes in slow motion and it was like can't how many times can we like strafe across a room like taking shots? <laughs> that was fun. i was the uh i was the contrarian for sure and i always wanted to do like throwing knives or like slappers only and that I think that's the younger sibling within that, and, and like they uh, hated yeah. it. It was like it was just like, yeah. And I'd be like Baron. I played Bar as Baron Samadhi a lot. Oh that's yeah, a, that's a cool one. I, yeah. I I would play like the random like troops. I'd be like helicopter pilot number three or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arctic scientist. Number yeah, three. exactly. That was that was my freaking <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> Just a man uh, doing his job, desperate to make it out of there alive. Poor <laughs> <Or> scientist. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, I never played at that time as much as we played multiplayer. I never played through the game. Oh, I've never played through the actual James Bond. I never had an yeah. N64. So we would play it, like, every Saturday I would go over to my friend Adam's place and we would play N64. And that's pretty oh, much, yeah. like, that was my full experience of it until... After college, my roommate Simon uh, had an N64, and so that's when, like, that's that's when we really got into it. Oh, and my buddy <laughs> Nick, Nick was at an N64, but I I had the PlayStation. It's a classic. I'm a I'm a Nintendo boy. <laughs> so what do you play? What's uh what are your games right now? What are you playing these? Well, I'm days? strictly an Xbox boy through and through. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I really like. Well, okay, so this is weird. Kind of my reintroduction has been was like mobile games. Okay, sure. I would sure. say like other than oh, I'm in college and someone has an N64, and I would like play Smash Brothers or whatever. Yeah, my experience outside of that time period really didn't pick up until like my twenties, and I got into like mobile games because I was working on mobile games. Mm. Okay, yeah, and um, uh that was really cool because i really like those they kind of feel like short story and basically just indie games in general kind mm -hmm. of feel like these kind of short stories um it's kind of like more digestible things like you know one of the games like monument valley i always point to is like like i think is like a really amazing 
uh, indie game that feels almost like like formative, like reading a book is, <laughs> you know, like is that that like, really pretty um, like puzzle game with the weird like uh, MC Escher kind of physics. Exactly, yeah, and it's like the template that's been ripped off by like every single. Develop. If you just like scroll through the Apple uh, Game Store now, it's like Monument Valley ripoff, Monument Valley ripoff, Monument Valley ripoff. Like yeah, it's totally right. changed the aesthetic of like kind of indie mobile gaming. And I yeah. thought that was really amazing. Um, but like, so that's kind of the stuff I like. So most recently, I played the Untitled Goose game, which was super fun because it's. Oh, I haven't played that yet. That looks silly as hell. Is, is that it's, on Xbox now? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. And it, it's just exploratory and it's it's like it's you set up it's kind of like each game it's like essentially a puzzler that creates like almost like you need to create your own rube goldberg device to create a series of events that you want which could to want something which is as simple as opening a gate but you have to like steal the keys out of the farmer's pocket and then turn on a sprinkler to get him to chase after the sprinkler and in that time you lock him out of the gate and like reopen it you know so it's like it's like an okay go music video (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i would say it's like if okay go was like um if like if they sounded like bony bear they would be (laughs) it was very pastoral and like slow yeah that game, um, I've been trying for literally our, my entire relationship with my fiance to to find a game that we can play together. And like I've downloaded so many only for the mm-hmm. reason of like maybe this will be the game. And that was the first one where she was like, "Oh, I I genuinely love and enjoy this because yeah. it's it's like the the way they make it. It's so goofy and silly and so funny the way like things happen. So. Yeah. And there's and like, like, a really surprising sense of discovery kind of built into it that is so fun. And it's cool because it's like, and I think we'll probably talk about it when we talk about these games, but like as a person that's like written for, done the nebulous job of writing for video games, like it's interesting to think about video game writing. Like, and I think the games we're probably going to talk about is, is very text heavy. Yeah. But like thinking about something like Untitled Goose Game where there's no speaking <laughs> I, I think it's like the best written game i've played yeah do you do you want to yeah. talk a little bit about um you've now alluded it to you wrote for jackbox yeah yeah uh, uh, would you like what what was that like um, when did you so do yeah. that i know but for our listeners yeah you is- guys have, have heard me say this a million times but um for, for everyone who doesn't know me. Yeah, so I started working for Jackbox when it was called Jellyvision Games uh, in 2009 uh, for the reboot of You Don't Know Jack, which of course was like one of those like first wave CD-ROM games. Mm-hmm. Which I remember it, playing that one I re- like at yeah, absolutely. my buddy Nick's house and being like, this is, it was like the greatest. Cause it was that like sense of humor that was just sort of like teenage irreverent. you're an idiot and you're like (laughs) yeah yeah like there'd be like a wrong answer and it's like uh fuck you (laughs) (laughs) wow Uh, i wrote wrote for this game (laughs) 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 uh yeah it's awesome and it like really stemmed from a lot of great things it like it missed me when we were kids 
because I think I, it was like I remember we didn't have a CD-ROM, but like friends did, and it was like there was SimCity and like some other games we loved to play, like Doom. And there was always you don't know Jack in the pile, but like the kid that I was with would just be like, oh yeah, I don't know. It's like a bottom. It's like a smart game. It's like Jeopardy, but but they're trying to be funny or like some <laughs> negative thing because like their parents or their older siblings played it or something. <laughs> but um, so I started playing. So I started. I wrote for the reboot that they did for consoles in 2011, and that was like, like the writing. It's like a really text heavy game. It is like yeah. You know, it's basically you. It's a full. It's like a full service game show with, without seeing the host, and you're you're playing. So there's like, there's jokes, there's characters, there's basically like, like sketches, like through lines, because it was written as like a season of of TV, like one through eighty, episode one through eighty, and so you had to play it in order. So it was like really like, wait, like, really? For that first one, yeah. Because oh, it was like what we were like, and I think what they were like was like it's time. People want like people love. It's like let's do TV for video games, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. um, and I think that was well meaning, and I think at its best it's really great. But I remember when the game came out, I had a party uh, for people to play it, and it was instant like that realization of like that's not that should not be the focus of right. video game writing because uh-huh. everyone just talked over as soon as they saw the right answer. Yeah. And so it's like so that was interesting because I got to be a part of like well what does that new phase look like and so uh-huh. we worked on some mobile games we worked on like a you don't know Jack that was for Facebook and for years I kind of like they were trying to repurpose that and then everybody left because it went out of business essentially and they kind of rebranded as Jackbox and kind of had this fully realized idea of like what made that game great for a kid and his friends sitting at a computer like 20 years ago like mm. to replicate that experience, you know, like they basically like that worked well for people to be listening to what was being said in the nineties. And now it's like how to take what was funny and irreverent that like funny high school humor yeah. and like put it in the hands of players. And that was really cool to see. Cause then we got brought back in and it was called Jackbox. And I worked on every, pretty much everything but Quiplash. <laughs> and I, and I think I used to be like, yeah, I worked for Quiplash. And in my mind, I was like, because what it is, is like, it's contract work that like, maybe for a few months every year, you do like a ton of writing. Like, it's just like one day, it's like, we need 100 generics for you're wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, or like something like that. And it's like, you just do so much writing. I was like, yeah, I wrote a lot for Quiplash. And then I played it with people. Like, let's look at the credits for Brian. And then they're like, I'm not in them. And I'm like, oh, I'm a huge asshole that they think is a weird liar. <laughs> what a reality. weird, what a weird brag, you what know, to strange say. lie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so then, so I like Fibbage was stuff I really had a lot of like personal ownership with. Hmm. And the new ones, Push the Button. Oh, yeah. Um, push the Button's great. Push the Button's fun. The, played, I did. played through. You and I, with a couple other folks, recently played through the shortest push the button game that I've ever participated in. It, it was, was amazing. It was like, <laughs> I think it was so funny because it was the the question was like, who are the most or like, what is a historical figure? And Caitlin drew something and it just said the future on it. And it was like, oh, you're <laughs> obviously an alien. <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the other person drew like a modified Ray. Abraham Lincoln, wasn't it? So well, it was, like, no, Ray drew something 
and it was like it was unclear what it was and then he was like yeah keanu reeves is a historical figure and we're oh, like, yeah. that's what it was. oh and then the third person who wasn't an alien was just oh, a yeah. picture of abraham lincoln yeah and so okay. it was like oh these two people because, because yeah you know it's like that whole thing of the aliens are getting slightly different prompts invisibly so they're, they're all unsure so it's like you are so wrong it was a one question game yeah it, it is it is kind of fascinating because there's so many of those jackbox games that you can tell it's like the the like rails are there like the it's mm-hmm. the jungle gym has been constructed completely but like it just doesn't quite work you know exactly the way it's supposed to or it's like you get it but it's like just not quite as much like fun as it's supposed to be versus like that game specifically it's like this is extremely elaborate very specific mm-hmm. and it like works like 100 it's yeah. super fun and it like really works it's so cool I think that's. Can you tell, like, in the in the writing process at all? Can you tell, um, like, oh, I'm working on something that's like special right now versus like the uh, like. I feel like in the party packs, there's like one standout game, right? There's like like, a hit that's not one of the franchise games. I always yeah. There's like Whiplash or You Don't Know Jack or or some variation of that. Yeah. Can you tell? Can you tell in the process that you're like. Oh, I'm working like, or is it just sort of like at some point the game comes out and people do with it what they're going to do with it? Like, is there a little bit of um, like in the production process of like relinquishing control, especially with video games? Because it's like, however, yeah. people are going to choose to interact with this is really going to determine the success of this. Can, or yeah. like, I, I, th- I think a little, I'll use, I think like a good example is, so I worked on the last one, which is Party Pack 6. And as a Party Pack 7 that I have nothing to do with coming out. So, but that, that might come out really soon. I don't remember, but, <laughs> but as of this, it's the sixth one. So uh-huh. there were these two, the two games I worked the most on in those were the game called Role Models and Push the Button. Okay. And I think they're pretty similar because it relies on people playing truthfully for the most mm-hmm. part as people. Because I think games like Quiplash, which is similar to Cards Against Humanity or like Boulder Dash or whatever, it's like you're playing you're playing a part or a persona or whatever to like get these funny laughs with these 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 um these connections you're making. Uh-huh. Where and the role model, you know, and so sometimes it's fun to be anonymous, sometimes it's blah blah blah. But in those two, it's like you have to be truthful. And and while I was working on it, I saw role models as having way more gas in the tank than push the button. Um, and I I probably shouldn't say this. I don't like role models. <laughs> um, it's beautiful. It's like it's like everything about. But it's like that thing of like. It becomes, it has a life of its own once people start playing it a lot. Yeah. I think it's a great example because it's like role models is like pegging people as like funny specific types. Like, which friend are you? You know, Rachel, Monica, or Joey. You know, it's like, and that's fun. Like, if you're like goofing off and drinking and like talking to people in a room, that just kind of happens organically. Yeah. But some, so it's like you were capturing a thing that like felt a lot of fun or a lot of I remember like it, it reminded me of like a lot of times like like bonding with people like funny mm. things like what's your favorite taco or pizza topping and you're like oh olives and like you know there is some fun like that felt like that had so much meat socially 
like uh where push the button was like i just don't understand this game <laughs> like <laughs> you know because of, of like what the gameplay actually looks and feels like so i think it's i really think you have to and i think the directors there do such an amazing job except role models <laughs> where well, they're no, I, I think your point is totally correct and that i think that like exactly gets at what i was talking about it's like role models is a perfect example of like there's something it, it's actually very fun and cool and i remember playing and be like oh this is cool and then been like okay let's play something else you know let's play quiplash or something like that but like yeah. it, it so it it like doesn't quite work the same way as uh push that button does or like yeah and i think that's the but that's it's still the, very cool and you're right it is absolutely gorgeous and that's the skill of like a director which is like you're thinking i think what's cool about thinking about video game directing is you're thinking about the finished product and then you're going back and like looking at these like crazy metric like ma matrices of like dialogue if this then this like basically like flow charts yeah and you're looking at these flow charts and you're thinking about how that's going to be fun for someone later that's like a really amazing skill and i think jackbox does that well where you're thinking uh, or like it's like because i've been always like i'm sitting in front of a computer and i'm writing a bunch of stuff and i don't know what's going to work or what's not i'm mostly like what makes me laugh and then they frame those things into workable um pieces and i i think that's like that's that's a, a great talent Okay, so this week we played um, three games, Monster Pub Chapter 1, 2, and 3, Bob the Burb, and Mana for Our Malices, or Mana for Our Malices. I'm not exactly sure. Um, we'll start with Monster Pub. Uh, Monster Pub Chapters 1, 2, and 3, uh, it's a role-playing card game. It was developed by Alex Ilichev. Um, as a description, it's a casual narrative game about making friends. Monster Pub is an episodic narrative game about finding new friends in a new town, but uh, also everyone's a monster, including you. Be a good friend or a bad friend. Play cards and crush your opponent. Or maybe just try to have a nice time. I'm not your boss. Um, so, what do we think overall, guys? What, what were your first impressions of Monster Pub? Uh, very first overall impressions, it looks and sounds great. Yeah, truly. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, like, that, yeah. That soundtrack is really uh neat that like jazz piano kind of like late night feel to it i um when i started playing it so this like monday because i go to work twice a week and monday i got out of work and got home and i was like really excited to unwind and play these games this week mm -hmm. and when i fired up monster pub i was like oh this is going to be great. And then I started using the controls on it and was immediately maddened. Like, <laughs> I feel like my, my, like it, the, the time from like, I'm so on board with this game to, Oh no, what is happening was very quick for me. And it started yeah. with the controls. It started with the what? The controls. Like, oh, up, yeah. not up. Up was like because they were trying to do that like this three dimensional thing right but like up was sideways or like there was like i've played a lot of games and i could not figure out how to move my 
character in the direction that I wanted to move my character. They had, it was like they were side by side. So it was uh, like, like sort of like on a weird axis where everything is, yeah. like, you're, you're moving kind of like diagonal. Uh, yeah. In like, like every way. The map would have been great for like a joystick because it, it, it kind of had like a quality like those, I guess, those kind of classic uh, adventure arcade games. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like that was kind of the perspective where you were moving diagonally, but like if you have a joystick, that's great. But on the yeah, yeah on the keyboard, yeah. it was wonky. <laughs> Having yeah, this like up down, like there was, a, there were points inside of the bar where I was like, I can't get around this pool table. <laughs> like <laughs> I just can't figure out how to get around it. I know I'm not that useless. <laughs> so yeah, I'll say yeah because you were saying like you were so on board, and I would say for the most part I was too and even like the pro- though the process was kind of annoying like you meet a, uh, a monster who like uh, invites you to go to this bar so you follow them and when you go in the bar it's like I was like on the fence and then I was like oh I'm in like it's a basement bar it's got a cheers vibe there's even like mm-hmm. there's even like some easter eggs within that of like that it, it has some similarities to the cheers neighborhood bar um, including like a, a male person or a male monster, I guess. <laughs> um, that that is a barfly there. Uh, but for me, not the controls so much, but the the writing. The writing is a very complicated uh, uh, thing to unpack because there's so much to really like, and there's so much that I really hated about. It. <laughs> but I guess we should talk about so the basic gameplay. You know, the description. What you you walk, you, you sort of, you walk into this bar and then there's a bunch of monsters there. You can kind of walk around and talk to them and, and throughout the conversation, yeah, oh, the, the conversation yeah, like is basically you're, like you, you chat with them and then you try to make them happy or you piss them off. Like either way, it doesn't really matter, but there are, is way, like, clearly ways where you can like give them positive feelings towards your positive points. Uh, but then at the end of every conversation, there is a card game like and different monsters have different rules for the card game um this was where i really like ran into it i couldn't figure out how to like end card games really i the i've never been i've never wanted to win a, like games faster mm-hmm. than i <laughs> did in these card games like i think i probably played cuz yeah they a bunch of them are these like rendition of like, and and when you say card game, you mean like straight up playing card games. Yeah. Like they are like fifty two card deck. Yeah, like shuffle. sandwiches is a is a game. That's the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Right, or like, yeah, and we like the drinking game is like asshole or whatever, right? Or like, yeah, uh, it felt like, yeah, I. It's basically you get to clear and take a deck of cards whenever you get a certain combination of cards in there, uh, and the other person will reach for it at the same time as you. The mouse cursor is literally your hand, uh, like sort of selecting things. So you have to get over there and actually grab it faster. Yeah. But every person has a different, like, unique set of rules for their specific card game. So, you know, one person won't have the same one, and there was for me a bit of a learning curve trying to remember every time, like, when I was playing with someone about what their specific set of rules was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I will say, I, I, for me, I, I kind of enjoyed this as like, 
as a concept, except that it was too long to play. It was kind of yeah. like that thing of like, oh, you could play war forever. Like war yeah. can sometimes, and it was, the game is similar to that. And I feel like the same way about the, um, uh, the talking. So it's like, you have a conversation where you're somehow creating friendship points, although you don't see that like in a numeric way or like in a, in a structural way, but it's like, you know, you're trying to be nice or mean to them and then you play a game. And both of those are like way too long. Mm -hmm. And maybe like you don't get as much agency as you hope you would in those moments. Because this is what I'll say, this kind of has detective Pikachu syndrome, (laughs) if you guys know what I'm talking about, which is the whole, okay, so have you guys seen detective Pikachu? The movie or the game? Oh, sorry, the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, so it's basically like the concept of the movie is you're in this beautiful, fully realized world where Pokemon are living with people in cities and everything. And then not only does the main character hate Pokemon, Pikachu hates Pokemon. And it's basically <laughs> like people walking through this fun world where all these interesting things are happening and being like that stupid kind of head sarcastic, like, this is stupid. And, you know, oh, yeah. like, like I always said, it felt like a divorced dad wrote Detective Pikachu so his stupid fucking kid would like him. You like mean, these are his words. Like, you mean yeah. you mean that hilarious Ted world where sort of comments yeah. are flying and we're cracking up. Yeah. Well, and in that, it's like the whole premise is you're this monster who's new to town that is getting invited by this this other monster to go meet friends, and you're like, this is fucking stupid. And then yeah. it's like you are pretty rude. The person is literally like, uh okay and it's kind of like you're talking to a giant hand why is like their weird grammar foible why is that like uh is that what you meant it's like you're talking to like why are you picking out like weird it felt like no what's the developer's name uh the developer's name is alex Ilichev. it feels like alex doesn't know how to make friends because (laughs) this game is about making friends and how alex has like gamified making friends is being dismissive to them in conversation and then beating them in a game <laughs> I, it's so funny because like i've never like when somebody as somebody who actually does go and play cards places like the process of getting beat by somebody is a very emotional process and rarely am i like i like this guy a lot more sometimes it does make you sometimes it makes you respect somebody a little bit more you're like oh this person like beat me in magic you know like Like, whoa that guy's good at magic yeah yeah like and then there's other times especially if somebody's been a jerk (laughs) and then you in a card game where you're like i never want to talk to that person ever again and like i will shit talk that person to my friends we will like create these little sides but yeah i i found it so funny that you would be like you beat them in cards and it'd be like you got three friend points and they're like, yeah like, that's how you get friend point like it reminded me i i was sitting uh in a live comedy show once and there were uh two women in front of me talking and there's music playing and music was some music was playing and the one girl was like oh i love this song who's this by and and uh uh, the woman next to her said like oh i think it was let's say it was like a beatles song and she was like oh let's it's like oh i think it was like the rolling stones and the guy in front of them turned around and goes actually it's this band 
You guys have never heard of that band? Oh it's God. like that guy then turned around and was like, that was a good social interaction. <laughs> like, that's the point of view of the hero in this game. <laughs> it's like a yes, ac yes, actually guy thinking he's having, he's going through this world, going up to random people, interrupting them, uh, being rude, and then beating their ass in a game. Because once you get the mechanics, it's pretty easy to beat. And then yeah. being like, I'm making friends. I'm going to go back there tomorrow. Well, and it's it's so strange to me, especially because I, I you guys are like, I think you're kind of right on. Like the core mechanic is just not very fun, but the art and music is so good. And so it sort of feels to me like this guy was trying to, and there's not really a point to doing anything. So it's like, I'll make a game where you just, there's no point. You just sort of go there and you interact and you do these things, but they didn't, make the actual interaction of the things that you are supposed to get something from in it like that great so it's not very relaxing i felt like i was like stressed a lot of the time when i was playing it you yeah, know I, kinda, I was like all right i just sort of want to like have these interactions with people right like i wanted to skip the card game part i wanted so much to be able to like yeah like concede like i would be totally yeah, fine totally, with totally. Any of these games um because yeah, because everybody looked cool. Like the design, the like actual design of these characters was like fun and interesting. Yeah, like hand face w wearing a leather jacket. I only played chapter two. That's mm -hmm. the only one that I played. Um, okay, I played one and two. Okay, Brian, yeah. did you notice? Was there any kind of connection between the two of them? Like, did did stuff that happened in one carry over to two that you could tell, or what? Did it not? Yeah. Did, yeah, that's cool. I mean, there's no way because you're not loading a file. And uh -huh. that's why, ultimately, I think it's, like, a great sample of, like, somebody that has, like, a ton that's really good. Yeah. As, like, because there's stuff of, like, I still, like, um, but it felt because like, it was, like, oh, this is, like, a placeholder because it's too small of a game to quantify these types of points. Or mm -hmm. this type of game is a placeholder oh, game because it's easy yeah. to program. But ultimately, yeah, um, yeah it felt like you just became like like people interacted with you in a more intimate way in each version it seemed like i um i helped somebody with their fan fiction which, yeah that's uh, fun yeah i i like that a lot i actually i also really like the design of the backs of everybody's cards i like yes. that each person had like their own design and there were there were some like pretty sick looking like backs of decks of playing cards that like if somebody on a camping trip like busted those out in real life you'd be like oh these are cool cards <laughs> and they also i feel like the game that we're playing is like what you do to kill time on a camping trip right like it's just like oh we have like hours and hours to kill before we're drinking at the fire tonight let's play these like never-ending card games against one another yeah and you're forced to do that a ton i think and with the game design or the game the, the deck design of the cards they also are like related to the stories as they develop of the characters they have so there's like really yeah. fun like in the fan fiction of course it's like it's like a fake X-Files, and so the characters look like that. Yeah. But, like, there's a character that wasn't talked about in the first chapter that's talked about in the second chapter, and then you see him in the deck, and that's funny. And uh -huh. same with, like, the 
the hand is like an ex crime fighter and you see the pictures of the other crime fighters before you meet them, which is fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I'm critical of the game because there's a lot I really like, and I think it could be as well. That's one of those things you're talking about, like a single director and a single programmer and writer and blah, blah, blah. It's like, geez, like you have two or three more people working on that. Like it could be a super fun, like basically I was like, I want, Maybe I'm critical and snarky about this game is because in some way I want to have this this gameplay and me to get to do everything else in it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's like, it, it, actually, it really fired think, off a lot of inspiration. Yeah, it comes to the point you said earlier, which I think is a good one. It's like maybe that's exactly what this game is for. It's like look at how cool this looks and like how much good stuff there is in here. If only – you know, someone would hire me so that I can do that and then they can put the rest of the stuff in it, you know? We and can that like, comes yeah. up, yeah, and, like, kind of, like, I, I mentioned it earlier of, like, the best written game I've played is a game with no words, which is, like, right, game. Yeah. there's, like, this awful trend in video games, especially indie games, where it's, like, me, I love to talk. Therefore, I'm a good writer. And there's, like, <laughs> uh, there's a game, um, fuck, they have the game now called, like, oh, Oxenfree is the one game and they're like a developer. They have another one where there's two friends die and they're in a party at hell and they're trying to like get out of hell. And yeah. it's like, there's all these dialogues and like, you, and it's like really dense. Like you're seeing that at the highest budget version of like how to communicate with people like you're seeing in this game. But yeah. it's still ultimately like you're deciding between being like for total lack of better terms, a red pill dickhead who's feeling like <laughs> led on by his like tomboyish best friend girl character. Or you're like a total fucking, I guess the word now kids would say is a simp. <laughs> and it's like, those are the two, like, like game dudes. They like, it's kind of like, I feel like when I was younger, like taking acting classes, they're like, there's so many emotions. It's like, no, there's loud and quiet. <laughs> like, and then like you grow up and you develop and whatever. And in this way, it's like, there's only two types of people. Uh, you're either a guy who who is a, who gets to date his best friend, or is like a total simp to his best friend who's a girl. And there's only you're either angry and angsty, or you're angry and sarcastic. Like there's like <laughs> like the, the dichotomy is like so. Whenever it's like a good writing game, you're just reading the journal entry of some dude who spent his whole life learning how to have really good game design. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like so mean. But that's like every game I play, whether it's like uh, not uh, Outer Lands is another good example of like a really writing heavy game. And yeah. you're like responding to things. And it's just like every, like most of humor in video games is going, uh, what? <laughs> to it's like, even though you're comics. like, yeah, it's like yeah, the Marvel comics yeah exactly well, even, even though you're where you're talking to a, a fucking and it's never even though it's a lot of it is it's like i'm talking to a tree but it's just like yeah. just be excited about where you are or like take it for something you know to already exist we like played a game, game recently where um the super skull smasher go to and i didn't talk about this in our review but like you encounter uh these kind of citizens of this world um along the way and they uh most of them have like tips for you like advice of how to do it and then like one of them was just like sometimes i think about the future too much and it was like so 
it, it like was it's in this style of a sense of humor that was like not it didn't feel of the world of the game it felt like this weird callie outy kind of vibe to the game and i found it i find that thing also kind of frustrating where it is this like um you know kind of like morbid existential sort of like it does feel like i'm smarter than you like i want to demonstrate how intelligent i am in this game right now where i've like designed this thing and then like inside of this this like you know person who's being haunted by like zombies or whatever is like uh, i think about the future too or like it's like sometimes i get sad and you're like oh this is like it's it's almost this like transported like reddit sense of humor or like you know like these kinds of like sense of humor uh blocks that are then pushed into some games and i even think about like the dis- the description of this game is so much more um enjoyable like, and pleasant and lovely and like like getting to this part where it's like or maybe just try to have a nice time i'm not your boss like that's i wish that it was that kind of scaled down of like i'm gonna give you this world and then like you know maybe be a little flippant and like that's kind of fun but yeah this like i'm gonna go real hard on being an asshole right now i'm a like squirrel monster or cat demon you know like yeah but, like it's it's the difference between a game like Portal, which I think is very funny um, and charming while also being sarcastic versus every other game, which I think is like... A, Completely derivative like, of Portal, Portal at that point. They saw Portal and was like, that? oh, that's how you do it. And now everyone just does... It's just totally derivative of that sensibility. They saw that and were like, yeah. this is great. We should make all games like this. Yeah, and it's kind of that thing of it's a generation of people who people have awkwardly laughed at them making them uncomfortable and them mistaking that for like having charisma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, final, final thought <laughs> this, uh, is what we got to move on is uh, monster pub, a pass or play for you guys. Brian. <laughs> After all that shit I talked, I, I think I'm gonna play it some more. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to like. There's just so much. There's so much like soapbox stuff for me to be critical about. Yeah, like, there's already been stuff I've been critical about. So I'm I using that so. to talk about a lot of things. I think this guy made a cool world, and he could tweak it continually. And I think this could be like a great indie game for if you mm. brought in like a staff or something. If he got funded for it, yeah. I think for me, this this game, the way that it is, is a pass. I was uh, I was pretty frustrated with it, um, just interaction wise from start to finish. I kind of I walked in, was so excited by the art design and the sound of it, and then like was kind of just turned off, you know, continually from uh, from that point sort of on, like not being able to like the games the gameplay not being super exciting um there is something that is kind of interesting in these like uh you know classic card games where you sort of change the rules to them that i think mm-hmm. i had never really encountered in a way before and i think is sort of interesting but you could probably make these like 26 card decks right or you could make these like you could cut you know in half or quarter what these decks are because like it's really rare that i want to go into an an indie game and play like 
tabletop card game what I would play with my grandma because she is dying, right? And we're just sort of trying to spend time together before she dies. <laughs> so, um, passing yeah, from, time until the bells toll. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the question. For you, it's not so much a pass that it is a way to pass time before you die. Yeah, yeah. I want to be all, This is all a pass. <laughs> um, this too shall pass. Uh, so for me specifically, I'm also a pass on this one. I liked a lot about it, but the fact that the, the card games took so long um, really, really frustrated me. Uh, but I, I think you're totally right, Brian. There is a lot in this that's really cool. I actually didn't mind the writing quite as much, even though I, I totally see what you guys are saying. But like, if you just like at the core of it, if the, if the, the game mechanic of the cards was more fun to play um, and didn't feel like you were trapped, uh, I think this would be a definite play for me. Um, so that's, oh, that's yeah. my only up. Good parts. Yeah, I think um, it's good parts. Uh, next up, uh, we got the game, the game, quote unquote, Borb the Burb. Uh, in terms <laughs> of types, there's no type for this. Uh, it was developed by Ludonaut. Um, description is Borb loves you. Meet Borb. Borb will give you compliments and general life advice. Borb loves you. Made as a birthday present for a friend and for myself and anyone who might need some self-care controls. Some self-care. Controls are super secret, but here's a hint. Use touch, mouse, or keyboard. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think of Borb? Honestly, loved Borb the Burb. percent <laughs> on board with Bur- Borb. The on board this with Borb. So here's, the, here's my experience. I have a, you know, just exhausting day at work. I, you know, like going to work in quarantine is just absolutely sapping, right? Like the process of going to a job right now and mine, like I'm not working at a grocery store or anything like that. Like I can't imagine being a like bartender or something like that right now. It must be horrible absolutely horrible but like you know going to the office my like life when i go to work is like it feels like putting on a hazmat suit and just sort of like crossing my fingers that i don't like somebody doesn't just walk into an elevator with me you know with this like deadly disease right Right, so i get home and i'm like i want to play through some games fire up the first game that we're going to play this week and it's borb the burb (laughs) It was so delightful. This is not a game. <laughs> yeah, like, calling yeah. it a game is very, very generous. It's not a game. It's a re- it's a text generator, but it's good. Like what it, it completely accomplishes what it sets out to do. Felt like uh, it felt like a website somebody would email or like message you in 1999 or like 2002. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know where you're like okay what is this link and you're just like the messages are like you're cool or like eat some vegetables or like don't try so hard and just like (laughs) back and forth image of this like cartoon bird (laughs) it's it's basically yeah and your version of live laugh love right dance like no one's watching sing like no one's listening feel the rain on your face or like no one's burbing, dude. <laughs> or like no one's burbing. So I mean, basically to play it, you just you click and the color scheme changes and there's a nice little sound and then a new message will come up and that's it. There's there's really no game to play here. There's nothing like that. Yeah. 
you just you, you enjoy it you just experience it it's fun it's like uh yeah I, I love that analogy of like it's a 2001 website yeah we 100%. are we are in a flash rich age <laughs> yeah but what's fun is um uh the music is great the colors are great and there is like a an exploratory aspect of it because it is like you click on it and you're like what am i looking at yeah and there is i don't know how deep you guys got on it but different keys do you can interact with it in interesting ways oh really yeah you can interact with it more than just like clicking uh through to the next slide kind of i didn't basically it's like a bunch of uh it's basically like a bunch of flash drawings with an affirmation and a cute picture and but like like you can like spin and rotate borb who is this bird you can like i can't wait to fire this up dude it's fun (laughs) yeah just kind of mess around with the keyboard because most of them are just like default keys you know that just go straight to but there's just like a couple little buttons just to add a little extra element to it um (laughs) it's really fun and like uh you know i stayed on it longer than i expected to um i had another point but that's gone so uh, <laughs> heck, i like borb <laughs> uh, yeah i so alex to your point about trying to get um your fiance into video games or like uh, that process that i've gone through i think i pretty much had like given up this idea that my wife would ever play games because she's really not into them but i i enjoy them so much and i kind of um have come to appreciate that there's like this separate space right where i play games and then like my you know i don't necessarily do that with my wife we enjoy other sorts of activities together right um but she's recently gotten into this like design game right on her phone where she's like designing houses and stuff like that Um. and uh and i made her play borb the burb and she had like the perfect like reaction to it which is what you're talking about where it's like looking confused at the screen being like why is eric showing me this thing and then hitting spacebar and going like <laughs> and then like <laughs> hitting spacebar again <laughs> just being like <laughs> and like that being able to like witness that experience which i had just had like 30 seconds prior in the other room that <laughs> happened to her it was like great yeah, it's great. Um, it's like, uh, it's kind of like, it it, it kind of has that thing of like, the old like waiting for the DVD uh, floating logo to hit the exact corner. Yeah, you know, or like, or like that something fun is happening on like a DVD menu screen or like, uh, like you could if you could run around as Mario on the on the open screen. You know, oh, yeah. like, or like messing with Mario's face in the beginning of N64, where like in some ways that is is um is is the the most purely gaming experience is just like interacting with the thing and being happy with the results you know? yeah yeah um i will say one other thing too the ludonaut one of the things i really love about this podcast is that if a game is interesting you can click on the person's like info and then do a little bit of a deep dive and ludonaut has a lot of I mean, some of them cost like five bucks, stuff like that. But I, I would be curious to check out more of the stuff because the design, mm-hmm. the sensibility at display on display here is really fun, and there's like a nice sense of humor. Um, so he, it looks like they have some other cool games out there. So I'll be excited. That's to fun. Dig I into would them. totally do that. 
there, there yeah, is it, speaking of like flashy sort of things. There is one that is just uh, it's called like late capitalism, and it's Angela Merkel in sunglasses as a giant head, and there's coins floating around you, and you just like hit spacebar and create a stream of like a laser beam that then eats up the coins. And the point is that, <laughs> and then there is a counter in the upper like uh, the the screen that is just negative money. So you are destroying money. <laughs> as Angela Merkel with this laser as you circle around. And that's it. That's as far as I can tell, that's the entire game. You know? And it's like that's 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 all you need sometimes. That's genius. Like, the sense of humor of this game is like the it's the inverse of the sense of humor of the game of Monster Pub, right? Where yeah. it's just like this is like affirmational, very silly, you know, like isn't taking anything too seriously and it, and it's successful yeah and it shows and and kind of you saying that this is another another game by the same developer yeah exactly that's like that there's there is like being that simple and fun and earnest there is like i think a sophistication of thought that's put into that <laughs> that is within borb the bird versus like maybe some of these other games yeah and but i will say in general that this game had such a strong right off the bat aesthetic that was like clear that like even if that isn't your thing you'd be like this is like intentional and like well done in the way that that last game is and uh, mm -hmm. i don't know how much we're going to talk about board but then we've kind of got our or uh, we've kind of got our third game because i was like looking at this was like Damn, these are some high quality, interesting things you guys are finding on this. Okay, uh, so this is perfect. Hang on for two seconds. <laughs> okay. Faster play on Borb because I, I I actually feel like we got quite a bit out of Borb, quite a bit more than <laughs> I imagine. We were talking about Borb the Burb. Uh, so, Eric, for you, is it a pass or a play? Borb the Burb. I the experience uh, I had with Borb the Burb is like one of pure joy. <laughs> and gameplay like in in a way I, and and then also the idea that like this was a gift to a friend who is maybe kind of like feeling bummed out or something like imagine getting this as a gift from a friend of you like this like what a what a special like treat to share with the world this like very silly very simple i spent probably a minute with it and i've been thinking about the game all week in a way where i've played hours and hours of games that i can will never remember right <laughs> like Borb the verb is like a play for me hands down alex yeah, Elichev is listening to this for monster pups it's like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i gotta see what this Borb game is and he's like oh, jesus christ <laughs> So it's so it's like it is such a funny thing because I think we've had this experience now where we've encountered games that are very very developed games and and kind of missed the mark and that like it there is just something special it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier where like you know maybe you spend a ton of time to create this game and you're like this is the game that rules. I hate this other stupid game. And like that is swapped at the end. There's just something fun and beautiful and interactive. And sometimes you can spend a ton of time making something that kind of misses the mark in some ways. And sometimes you can spend some like very little time. On okay. Something that pass or play. Yeah. Pass or play. Yeah. 
it's a play. I'm a, I'm a play. He's a play. Yeah, play, play, play. Right, Brian, please. And I would say, you know, you know, um, sorry, Alex, but you know, there is room for Ulysses and also baby shoes never worn. You know, like Forbes, <laughs> baby shoes never worn. You know, you can get really complicated if you want, but you just get into the heart of it. Forbes gets the heart of it. It's a play, and I'll buy the DLC. <laughs> Hannah, One second, you pass the play. Uh, Forbes a pass for me. You guys are psychopaths. This is fine, but it's, <laughs> it's barely a game. And honestly, Eric, I'm worried about you, and I hope you do better because if this is enough to make you feel better, you're in a bad fucking place, man. <laughs> okay, moving on, moving on um, to our final game of the week. No wonder you were so antsy to like get through this. You're like, this is a waste of my time. <laughs> you see no value. No, I'm, I'm, I'm super wow. glad. I'm super glad uh, you were there. But you know, moving on to the last game, I think I have a very different opinion of you two for this one. This is Mana for Malathes. It's a visual novel by Enkiv Two. The description: After dying unexpectedly, a cocky eye becomes unstuck in time in a temple of secrets. Akagi Ai is unexpectedly stabbed on her way home from school. She finds her spirit possessing her body from earlier that day and must collaborate with the past self that inhabits her body to discover why she keeps dying and why she keeps coming back. Along the way, she becomes entangled with mysterious goings-on that have entrapped her friends. Okay, folks, what do we think overall? This game uh, does not have a good first impression at all. The, like it's it. Th- this is a fucking rough-looking game. Um, yeah. I have not played a lot of visual novels, um, which is clearly this thing is like made by a fan of the genre who is creating this thing. Um, the art is really rough. Um, the uh, writing is kind of brutal, to be totally honest. Like there's there it, is. It feels it's a, like it's like, red. It's red pill to like, the extreme. Uh, like. <laughs> really i don't i don't know that i got that feeling there's maybe like, i didn't dive in as much there's all this like stuff about like patting the little girl on the head who's like in love with her and stuff like that there's like you know sort of treating people uh, poorly uh taking like there's there's uh, a lot of jokes about like taking a huge shit and like uh, there's yeah. just like it's it's written without like a lot of care for um you know, it feels unique character voices. Yes, it's extremely juvenile. That's a great way to put it. Having yeah. said that, having said that, I stuck with this game because the actual gameplay loop is very repetitive and uh, is pretty boring. And it actually, you're you're only clicking through. You don't make any choices for the first like ten minutes you're playing, um, and then you start making choices. And as you start making choices, other things start to like fall into place and to clarify, and this story unveils. And the story, I, I'm not saying the story is very good, but the story is very interesting and very gripping, and I want to keep playing it. Like I want to find out what happens. It actually, despite everything I didn't like about it, has its hooks in me. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I will say I also will probably finish this game, but probably for the total opposite reasons that that you are um, probably going to also be playing it. It's just so for the for the viewer or listener, so you know you're not going to run out and download all these games. This looks like either a 12 year old girl or a 45 year old man 
got like wide ruled paper out and started like sketching Japanese schoolgirl anime looks. Yeah. Like, and you can see the pencil lines. And yeah. it's like, it, like there's so much of it. It's like, it's like borderline manifesto when you start reading the yeah. subtext. 100%, it's like 100%. Very, and it's about, it's about an all girls school, which is like, which again, it's either like, like you can see it in so many different ways because it's like an all girls school where people are just openly talking about that they have like crushes on each other and stuff. And in some ways you could view that as just like, oh, you know, it's not even progressive. It's just simply the facts of like that this is the thing. Or that's not that's dude, not what it is. Yeah. No, no. And then or it's some dude that uh some like 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 white cubicle monkey. <laughs> oh my god, that's the all, all the wrong words. Um cubicle jockey. <laughs> like a cute like who's like obsessed with like Japanese schoolgirl stuff and like Completely. loves this kind of like chaste, prudish sexual tension that he's like getting a kick talking about like in and like he you know within it and it's yeah. like so it's like kind of disturbing and like it's also like there's a part where you end up in an interrogation room and the character yes. the narrator is criticizing the other person's japanese yeah. and i'm like this dude this is incredible there's a screenshot i saved and um <laughs> alex now you lived in japan so i i, yes. I assume like some of like it seems like pretty top level stuff right like um I, I mean, it, it's, it, it definitely speaks to what you were talking about earlier about how this person is 100% bragging about how much they know about Japan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, and this was great. Stuff. This was the line. Okay, this yeah, was, so Akagi, who is the, the lead, the uh, 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 says, I don't think it's kosher to use fellow to refer to a teenage girl. This guy can't be a native speaker. And there's so many things going on in this sentence that like i you know i'm just letting it speak for itself but in this world where this is a japanese girl who keeps dying and her past ghost is embodying herself which is another yes. weird thing about the perspective um while the present day self is trapped in her body is what it seems like it's, uh -huh. uh, so this, this this girl going through all of this has uh, uses these terms i don't think it's kosher <laughs> to use quote fellow to refer to a teenage girl, this guy can't be a native speaker. And of course, you know that though this is in English because these are anime kids uh, with like all of these Japanese names. It's like she's saying this in Japanese, which I would well, love to hear how you so say that in Japanese. That's that's actually I think exemplifies perfectly what I both like and hate about this game is that yeah. you have really nailed the thing, of, which is that. There is this person can actually write characters. They think that like different, like different like traits or like things they do like means that character voices are different. Um, mm -hmm. But later on, you find out that this person who's interrogating you is actually a member of the CIA, and so in fact. This is not like it was correct that it's the non-native speaker sort of a thing. So well, I get that being a trait or like but, being like but, a, a part of the plot, but like what it's, the fuck? And also, you exactly. wouldn't even know. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, a white guy it's, with like a mustache. It's like I don't think he's, he might not be a native speaker. <laughs> but, but that's what's so fucking bad about it is like it's so poorly written. 
but like the the actual yarn that begins to unspool as it goes on is really uh weirdly complicated and like also kind of stupid but i am into it and i'm here for it it's it's just like a really shitty uh sci-fi groundhog day kind of loop with like some weird like sex slave and yakuza stuff like worked into it which it, it's what i definitely did i could not i i spent i found this so frustrating i found <laughs> the, the and again my experience is coming home on monday really wanting to play some stupid mindless game and the three games we got were board the burb which i was like this is very fun but that like took 30 seconds of my time this the the monster pub thing and i was like monster pub uh, maybe i'll come back to this like the controls are wonky and then this game where i it wasn't a game for forever like i'm reading through this uh, it was so like born the bird wasn't a game but it was delightful this wasn't a game for such a long period of time and like uh, you should wake up dead like it should start at you waking up and you've already been stabbed right because it makes you play through that day anyway like there's no reason to click through the initial thing without any of the choices in the first place there's something really funny within that too of like talking about how we don't even need to really play through that day and there's like some like really inane tiny goofy little conversations like where people are correcting people on like historical like narrative building where it's like they have like a long ass conversation that's like way too long and then like the realization that you play through the day again i'm like are we gonna hear this like like i was 500 word conversation over and over again infuriated i was like this is no 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 i'm not clicking through like you sleeping you like falling asleep during math class again and then like even in math class they woke up and like and were asked a question but like got it right but it was like some sort of like they got it right because it was like a history question like it didn't even the inside of that yes this is true this is all true have an actual logical like start to finish well it would be like here's the thing about it too no it's like like, okay uh, let me, uh, no, Brian, go ahead. Yeah, it's like that Tom Cruise movie, Live, Die, Repeat. Basically, just oh. keeps dying and it's like, yeah. it speeds up. Like, you get, it's like, but if each time there was like some scene where he's like talking to somebody and he's like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, it's really, it's, uh, it's hot outside. It's uh, 98 degrees out. And the other person being like, well, you know, it's supposed to get to 100. And they have like this really long like, and they you know, going back and to get to 100. I saw on the news today that it's not going to get to 100. Well, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. There is a button in this game that I discovered that made it a lot better, which is a skip button. So you oh. can skip, you push it, and it brings you up to the place where you make a choice. And if, like, so okay, what happens, good. Eric, what, what, what happens is the, the way this game, the way the loops of this game work is that you get more information and then you die and then you come back and that new information can f- inform one of the trees that you have been on previously. So uh, the, the only problem is that you don't really always know which tree it's informed. So there are a lot of times when you go back and then you try one to see if it works and it doesn't work. The other thing that's really frustrating about it is that if you skip, sometimes things will have changed in like because your inner monologue 
will talk to yourself about something and then we'll give you a, a new piece of information that will help you know which direction to go in. So if you skip, you might miss that one little nugget in there, which is a massive design oversight in this game uh, because other the alternative is that you do have to click through the really inane stuff. It's a perfect example of what you're talking about where like they, <laughs> The, the the actual Tom Cruise movie is in fact as long as it took for him to really live the, yes. the, a real I mean? time lived exactly. yeah. exactly. that like, which is what this is yeah, exactly. it, but it's there's a, a skip on it. and uh, you know it's, having said all that again I want to say uh, Eric what you know we talked about a little bit about like last time about how there would probably be some hate plays in here and we kind of had our first one a little bit and this very much became a hate play for me just to see sort of the depths to which it would go, you know, yeah. like how, you know, like it's, it's the, the, there's pencil drawings in it. There's all these sorts of things. It's, it's clearly made by someone who really likes this form of storytelling and like these kinds of video games. Um, and at some point it, it, it stopped being that for me. And I actually started to really enjoy myself despite all of its flaws. Was this a person, I think I clicked on their profile and the only other thing they had was like their metal albums. Yes. And also a book that's like capitalism and software, which is like, yeah. It, so, I mean, there is a lot of weird like philosophizing in this game too, that's going on. Like a, just a lot of strange stuff, but I am so curious what happens when you beat it and what's going on because the loop i'm in right now um one of the girls <laughs> who's like sort of like one of the other main characters with you is into the occult with you and is part of like a, a weird cult and you go like you keep on getting stabbed and she says by literally a uh red raincoat wearing dwarf is what she says stabs you and you're and your your response to that is well, I've never seen who stabbed me. I keep on getting stabbed in the back. And she's like, yeah, it's a red raincoat wearing dwarf. And she's like, you're like, okay. And then you move on. But take a shit. <laughs> exactly. She takes you to this temple and then you have the option of a couple of things. I chose to stab her because, that, and then when it resets, she is stuck in the loop with you too. So Whoa. yeah, right. So I'm, I'm sort of like, I'm sort of like, all right, well, that's kind of... That is... Well, but wait, this loop we're talking about, we're talking about this loop, This there is this inner voice, right? Mm -hmm. From the person, but like, and it's like indicated through like, okay, there's like a regular, you know, there's just a font. Uh, this is what I'm, and then there's a dark, there's a bold font, which is like the other voice. But in my mind, mm -hmm. but it switches on who those people, who it is, yeah. because yeah, it's like you're, you're sometimes... Sometimes the inner self is like, wow, I can't, I, you know, it's like the, the first person, your self wakes up and is like, whoa, I'm in my head. Oh, well. <laughs> and, then like, and then the other, then it's like, but then at some point, the, it's like, it sounds like the past version of yourself takes over your current version of yourself. And then your current person, like in bold, is like, "Help! What's happening? Why are you taking me here?" Like, I, I'm getting confused explaining it because yeah, it's confusing. It's confusing. <laughs> There's no clarity, right? Exactly. And then it's so, one of those things. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I think we've talked about this one enough. Uh, just in terms of like, uh, it this is this is not a good game. I, I I can't in good conscience recommend it to everyone in the world. So for 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 me, it's a pass. Having said that. 
I will absolutely play this and I'm going to beat this and figure out what the fuck happens. It's it's like a weird uh, deranged loss and I am down the rabbit hole of it right now. Yeah. Ryan? Well, again, I'm not happy about this, but I want everyone to have the same reference point as me because there's so many like oddly... Like, I just want you to be able to go to a person and be like, it's not kosher for a guy like this to call a teenage girl a fellow. <laughs> and then be like, oh, you're talking about man of uh, malice or whatever. Um, so uh, I encourage everyone to play. <laughs> <Big play. laughs> I, yeah, this is a this is a pass for me. Um I, the I, the I, only I, correct response. I think it's interesting because I think you do chase narrative in games in a way that I'm maybe less interested in. And I like am totally happy with getting a piecemeal story from a game and like maybe piecing the things together in my head. But like I need I need to have fun while I'm playing a game, even if it's a text-based adventure game. And <laughs> no. <laughs> you know like i know it's hard to make a game and it sounds like this game is way more complicated than uh than it initially revealed itself to be but this is a big old pass um great let me know i like spoil it for me but like what happens tell me sometime this week I, I certainly will. I'll have to like full on bring like a whiteboard and draw like a bunch of shit. <laughs> like, well, then it, it makes me think. You know, is this good? And I'm bad. <laughs> no, Brian. Oh. This is this is not a good game. This is not a good game. It's, okay, it's, thank you, thank you. Yeah, okay. yeah. But uh, I am enjoying it quite a bit, and I will finish it. <laughs> um, Brian, thank you so much for. Yeah, thanks for having me being on the show uh, anything you'd like to plug where can people find you online and and uh, find what you're up to and, and hang out with you virtually uh well you can um follow me on twitter at brian mcgo mcgo i um uh, i'm on there uh, i'm also working on a new game about a city full of um dead anime girls and you go to a bar <laughs> where you try and become friends with all of them by giving them self-care affirmations. man for a moment i was like this sounds really interesting so <laughs> at what point just just i'm working on a game <laughs> no once you got into the dead anime girls, I was on board, which is very disturbing. And I need to take a deep, long look at myself in the mirror before Absolutely. the next one. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but go on Twitter. You'll, I'm there. Oh, wow. That was great. Oh, papa, mama, mama, papa. Oh, Alex, I, you know what? I think that we're really, really good at this. And getting better all the time we get better all the time that song better that better song. i love it um a, a spoiler uh, eric hasn't even heard the episode yet but maybe if he goes back and listens to it i still have not played any more of mana for malices uh, oh you said you I, would you I, said I, you I, would i promised i would it was my <laughs> good review was contingent on how i desperately wanted to go back and play it and now at this point it's been literally months so i probably won't oh 
How's your shoulder, uh, by the way? Did it ever heal completely? Uh, yeah, there's a scar now. Wow. You went from yeah. having no skin to having scar tissue, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, we'll see whether or not it heals. It looks pretty cool, though. I look, oh. I look like a motorcycle man. The true American badass, Eric Taylor Roth. <laughs> I wonder why my back hurts now. It's because I keep falling off my bike. <laughs> you fucking slammed your shoulder into the ground. <laughs> Um, all right. I'm really excited about next week's episode. Next week, our guest is John Thibodeau. He writes for Stephen Colbert. I'm so stoked. Wow. Very wonderful old uh, compatriot, compadre, and uh, collaborator of Eric's, and just a wonderful guy. He, oh, it's a, it's a fun episode. We are, spoiler alert, we already recorded it. It's a fun episode. <laughs> what are we playing for next week? Uh, let's push the button and figure it out. We are playing Savage Solitude 8140 from Jose F. and Pat. It's a dynamic first Persian, uh, first Persian, first person, procedurally generated roguelike uh, sci-fi simulator space uh, thing. Great. And then we are playing Potato Thriller Classic by Samir Khatib uh, or Snow Cone Solid Productions. It's an adventure, action, thriller, uh, atmospheric comedy, crime, dark horror, mystery, survival, horror, third person, and weird, lowercase w, game. Um, And then uh, Temple Scramble by Bird Wards is an action uh, puzzle game. It's asymmetrical, fast-paced, Ludum, uh, Dare 35 mashup, Mach Match 3 pixel art game. Um, so stoked. I can't wait. Going to be a really good one. Um, but in the meantime, Eric, I love you. I love you too, Alex. Have a good night. Goodbye. Bundle Buddies is produced by Alex Hannett and Eric Roth. Our theme song, Neo Shiki by Roll Music. Email bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com to say hi.